Iranian people absolutely love foreigners. They loved me. They were telling me, like, you are amazing. You're so cute. You are so nice and we love you, but you don't look like Arab. Mahintaj, Afat, Shahpar, Mahvash, Parivash, Chibatra. In this episode, we tackle a question I often have myself. David often asks himself, why are the Germans foreign, but the Chinese are just Chinese? What's with all the disproportionate love for foreigners? Welcome to Ask an Iranian. In this episode, we discuss how Iranians positively discriminate with foreigners. Well, probably not all foreigners. We get into how certain foreigners are highly revered. And certain other foreigners, not very much so. We also listen to various foreigners and hear how they were treated by Iranians in Iran. Let's get on with the show. Let's get on with the show. Hello there, Mohammed. Can you hear me? Hello. 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 Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Good. We're doing this because Mohammed is not right in front of me, glaring at me with disappointment as we talk. Yeah, I'm actually closing my eyes in disappointment in a remote location. Ah, so you are a foreigner somewhere. No, you are a foreigner where you are. <laughs> I'm always a foreigner. You're always a foreigner anywhere you go. <laughs> yeah, I am a foreigner here. Yes. So, Mohammed, there's a word that we continually use on the podcast, and we kind of never really translate it because it's so ubiquitous. So, uh, what is that word? The word is Khariji, and we almost always translate it. You actually answered me correctly and didn't, didn't play around with me for once. Thank you for being so cooperative. Yeah, I don't like you too much. I don't want to listen to your voice, so I want to get over with this one as soon as possible. Good. Well, thanks for that. So... Muhammad, help us out here. Kharij, Khariji, bit of a difficult one for the Kharijis to say. Because yeah, because of the hard H. How would they say it? How do the foreigners, like, you know, the Europeans when they come to Iran, what are they saying? Uh, it usually is either a soft H or a K. Kharijji, Kharijji. That's the way we do it. So uh, help us out here, Muhammad. Mm. What's the roots? What the word Kharijji. Yeah, mm. what's its mm. roots? Kharijji, which mm. we translate to Foreigner okay. is an Arabic word that means outsider. Interesting. Just like the Latin root of the word foreigner that you use in English. Yes. Well, this Arabic word in the early years of Islam was used for a person who was accused of being out of religion. Okay. Or a dissident, a person who disagreed with the ruler as well. So... They would usually kill the Khariji, probably. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So not anymore. Not these days. You come here, good, we good. don't kill you necessarily. Yeah. But anyway. Kill you with kindness. We'll kill you course. with kindness and food. A lot of Iranian food. Yeah, certainly food. Before Khariji was widely used in uh, the Persian language, the word Ajnabi was used for a person who's, who, who is a stranger or Qaribe, which in Persian means stranger. Uh, it has Arabic roots as well. Also, Bigane. Bigane is Persian. Bigane is, it translates directly to alien. Oh, okay. I heard the last two, but I've never heard. Ajnabi. No? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's that. it's really, it's old. It's not used, really. Okay. But if you go to Arab countries, you see the word Ajnabi there, if you can read Arabic. Has that got a uh, tricky beginning with a ain? Ajnabi. No, no, it's Aleph with a Hamza. Uh, oh, I can do that one then. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. 
Persians would usually refer to people with regards to their background or where they're from by where they're from. Like, of course. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, a person from India would be Hindi or they would call someone Armani, a person from Armenia. Of course. Yeah. Or like Uzbek, a person from Uzbekistan. Yeah. So they wouldn't use that word yeah. like that today. So that reminds me of the word Farangi. Which also refers to where Farangi people would come from. Farang is the word for Europe. Uh-huh. So and also, people from Europe would be Farangi. Okay. And also the... The toilet. <laughs> yeah, as well. What? Why am I thinking and the of... And tomato. tomato. Goja yeah, yeah. Farangi. Yeah. And also the strawberry, which is Tut Farangi. Okay, yes. What else is Farangi? Farangi berry. What else yeah, is Farangi? Yeah, yeah, it's like a like a European berry. Yeah. Well, there's of course in Star Trek. Those of you who are nerds out there, probably heard of the Farangi. There, Farangi. I think they call themselves. Yeah. What else? Let's move on to the next part because I think yeah we won't use the word Farangi, but we will use the word Khareji, and it will still denote roughly the same concept. Am I wrong? Uh, no, uh, you're right. We might not use the word Farangi as often, but we still evaluate people with regards to where they're from and yeah. their nationality uh, with the same mentality. Yeah. So as I prefaced the show, or <laughs> you spoke on my behalf, Khareji is, you know, someone from Germany, France, let's say. They would be Khareji. But, you know, someone from like Saudi Arabia or China, they would be just Chinese or Arab. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'll give you an example. Somebody who is like a commoner walking on the street with uh, their friend, they point out at these bunch of white people and they say, oh, look at them, they're Khariji. But if yeah. somebody is speaking Arabic on the street, they're going to say, oh, look at them, they're Arabs. Yeah. Mohamed, I've got a question. Mm -hmm. Hugely important one. This is going to define me from now on. Am I Khariji? In the eyes of many, you are. Yes. It's like because I have a silly accent. When I speak Persian, it's because I've spent 27 years in the UK being completely ignorant of Iran. Or is it something else? Is it my hairstyle? Because oh. people, tell me, people tell me I look German. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it could be your looks. It could be your stupid, ugly accent. Oh, you said <laughs> silly. <laughs> Not that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Ha, 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 ha. That's really funny. So it could be your silly accent, but also it is your name, David. David yeah, is course. not very Iranian as well. Yeah. So when people read that on any ID that I've got, they, they sort of look at me with a smile and they're like, David. And then they're like, David Beckham, David Copperfield. Uh, I'm like, what? what? Yeah. Okay, yeah, let's, let's do this. Let's list mm, the name. Let's yeah. list various Davids throughout history. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Please stop doing it. It is not necessarily funny in every city. But even when they don't know my name, it only takes about half a sentence before they're looking at me smiling again. They're like, eh, okay, okay. And they're like, yeah, you're Khariji. Yeah, we get yeah. it. And then, and then like, and they're like, you know, where are you from? Mm. And I'm like, and I, I just, just say nonsense stuff like, you know, Karaj or, you know, somewhere in Tehran or somewhere like that. And they're like, nah, nah, you know, like, no, you know, like, where are you really from? Yeah. I normally just say like Tabriz or something. And they're like, what? Uh, you should stop doing that as well. Well, this is it, Mohammed. I just, I don't know. I just don't want to stand out. I just want to sort of get my stuff done 
and get out. I don't have to go through my whole life story uh, with people. I do and I don't. It depends on who I'm talking with. And if I'm honest, I will play it up sometimes as well. So uh, have you been in a situation, Mohamed, with me where I've been playing that up? Uh, yes. I usually walk away and contemplate on completely disassociating with you and uh, <laughs> you never do. respond to your calls ever again. Yeah, well, Mohamed, okay. So there's a good reason because, you know, in some cases it works to my advantage and it goes back to the positive discrimination or mm-hmm. the sort of prejudice in mm-hmm. the positive sense that I get. So you know, out on the street, regular stuff is just going to take my time to have to go through my backstory. I mean, you know, people kind of like it and, you know, they might sort of help me out, but they just get into my business. So I move away. But yeah, in, in certain scenarios, I'll play that up. Certainly in business, it can be very helpful uh, to do that in a meeting. And people do this. And you have no doubt seen this where we use a lot of the English language to sort of show off that we've done an MBA, for example. So in a business meeting with somebody who's you know, in a marketing business meeting, people will be using English left, right, and center. And they'll come in and trump them by just saying full sentences. But um, In English or Persian? <laughs> well, I haven't quite gotten to the point where I can speak a whole sentence in Persian. Just yeah. yet, Mohammed. <laughs> but am I right? I mean, you've seen me do that. Yeah. Well, that is for the words that we have in popular reasonable equivalent in Persian. Yes, people say a lot of those words to sort of relate themselves to developed yeah. Western countries. You don't see many people saying Japanese words, for example, for things. No. So Yes. So I'm slightly contradicting myself while saying that I, uh, you know, do play up the Kharaji thing. Because I think in a previous episode I've said how, why are we using... You know, English words when there's perfectly good uh, Persian equivalents. But um, yeah, I will sometimes play that up. Do you do that, Mohammed? Sometimes I do. I code switch a lot. Yeah. But you come from a position of a purist when it comes to the language that you are still learning. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if you're a new learner of a language, you're sort of disappointed to hear like English words because let's face it, it's mostly English. Yeah. And sometimes French. Yeah. So you want that language to be pure. You're passionate and excited about it. And you're also yeah. opinionated as a, as a person who's learning the language. Yeah. So, Mohammed, when we're out, sometimes, you know, people will assume that you are Khareji as well. That's because you're, the way you don't roll your R or R when you speak. Yes. For one reason or the other. I can't roll the R. Yeah. I have to put too much effort into doing it. And, uh, but Mohammed, you sound like these tarantulas, these Iranians, or should I say Persian, Persians <laughs> in uh, Los Angeles, uh, or at least somebody from Iran who goes to any other country, even like Armenia, and they come back, Oh, yeah. And they're like, Oh, I've completely forgotten how to speak. I've been away for so long. It's like, Lama Sab, you've been away for like two weeks. Two weeks. And yeah. now you're trying to pretend you're not Iranian in any way. Like, Oh, yeah. Oh, which reminds me of a somebody I worked with who I, I think literally went for six weeks of work in Germany. Not like visa sort of uh, visit and came back and started getting a wage, uh, like a a Khariji wage, expat wage, because they were like, no, I'm not Iranian anymore. I'm expat. What the fuck? Wow. (laughs) You've been away for six weeks. Wow. That's great. More than me. How many days have I been away? Right? You're Khariji now. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Mohammed, mm. the big question. Why? 
why are we loving Khareji so much? Well, we've kind of said it, you know, my take on it is that somewhere, someone, somewhere decided to divide the world into first world, second world, third world. And we still use this concept. Iran is, I think, considered third world in that. Is, mm-hmm. is that the case? Yes. And therefore, kind of obviously like systems, technologies, education, all of these things in first world nations, let's say, uh, quite advanced relative to Iran. Mm-hmm. That's going to upset somebody somewhere. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you know, it's exciting. We see someone foreign and it's like, wow, it's like a sort of glimpse into the future. And also, probably from another angle as well, it's a little bit exciting because you, you, not many Khadijis come to Iran. So it's a little bit exciting to say, wow, this sort of, you know, foreign person's turned up. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, tell us, tell us what is in store for us in the future. Am I getting that wrong? Do you see it differently? Uh, no, actually, that is true. Since uh, Persians started traveling to Europe and they saw their advancements in technology, industry, culture, arts, ideology, maybe, they came back to Iran and they saw Iranians as inferiors and that mentality stuck with us. Mm-hmm. And you see people who argue that, yes, the Western culture, Western technology, Western systems, industry are superior and there are facts and statistics and obvious reasons to back that up yeah so also after the revolution iran became more and more isolated so Mm. as a result iranians couldn't travel so the mentality that there are problems in iran that aren't elsewhere and they don't have any problems and we do because let's face it there is no connection to the western culture except for media yeah you don't see a lot of movies or tv shows that show that there are problems with other societies as well. TV shows are entertainment, so they show things that you want to see, you want to fantasize about, that make you happy, that distract you from the reality of your life. So because you, you can't go there and see it, you think, okay, there, wherever it is, is better than Iran. You hear a lot of people saying, they're living better than us even in China, which is not necessarily mm. true. Many Iranians live better than many non-Iranians. It is also contradicting the Persian pride because a lot of Iranians say we're Persian. We have a 2,500-year-old history, which is not there. It's in the minds of people. So it's there. Yeah. There is this word, an Iran. That sounds like you're swearing at Iranians. Go on. (laughs) Well, that is an ancient Persian word for non-Iranian. Okay. In literature, it has been used for barbarians. So Persians would see themselves above their neighbors, although we got a lot from our neighbors in terms of civilization, culture, language, writing system, religion. Mm -hmm. So we think Persians are really high up the food chain, Mm -hmm. but uh, Kharijis are higher up the food chain. And when we say Kharijis, we don't include Arabs, like Middle Asian countries, Southeast Asian countries, we don't say a Japanese person or a Chinese person is a Khariji. So they yeah. are technically, some people say that, but you say like, oh, he's Chinese, he's Japanese. Mohammed, let me test this out with you. Let's play a game. Let me test this out, okay? Let's play a game. I'm just going to say nations, peoples, and you tell me Khariji or just of that nation. So, Russians. Khariji. 
Really? Okay, interesting. They're white. Really? Senegalese. Afrikaï. African. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, Uruguayan. We don't know where you're from, but you look Arab. <laughs> okay. So, Estonia. Khareji. Okay. Because they're white. New Zealand. Khareji. Okay. okay. So, Norway. Khareji. And Armenia. Armenia. Okay, Armenian is, yeah. is what they are. Yeah. People from, okay, people from Jordan. Arab. <laughs> yeah. China. Chinese. Chini. Okay. Uh, Koreans. Chini. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you joking? No. Okay. Mongolians. Chini. <laughs> Okay, Japanese, Japanese. <laughs> Definitely Chini. <laughs> what now? Come on, we say Japanese. If you're from Singapore, you're Chinese. If you're from Malaysia, you're Chinese. If you're from Uzbekistan, you're Chinese. Okay, you're getting a picture for it. Yeah. I would say like Uruguay, of course, is probably like, where? Where the hell is that? Yeah, exactly. Say. But then it would be like, Junubi. You know what I mean? That all of the South America would be like, yeah, yeah, South American. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mohammed, let's move on to, like we said earlier about love for Kharijis. Now, this kind of leads me on to a discussion, love in the sense of relationships. Now, Mohammed, are you familiar with the uh, sort of group, the international thing known as Internations? No. Okay, so it's a sort of gathering of expats, essentially, in each nation. Now, that's kind of the case in every nation, except for Iran, because the Internations gatherings in Iran... Mm -hmm. are full of Iranians. There are no yeah. foreigners. <laughs> there are no expats within that. Well, mm, yes and no. Strictly speaking, I shouldn't be going to these events because I'm a national uh, here in Iran. But I turn up to these events and it's everyone, Iranians, speaking Persian with one another. And then when I turn up, I'm like, I'm only speaking English, you know, as is normally the case with intonations. A mm -hmm. uh, bit rude of me, maybe. But uh, yeah, I kind of speak this. And then maybe once in a while, some sort of like lower level diplomat, I'm not being rude, but they normally are, will turn up and everyone gets really excited. And uh, oh, a bit contentious for me to say, but the women's eyes will light up when they see the foreign guy turn up. They kind of enjoy me sort of, you know, and I kind of play it down the Iran stuff and they, their eyes slightly light up with me. And then what normally happens in this event is the waiter will come across and no word of a lie, this actually happened. A girl was chatting with me and we were like, you know, deep in conversation. The waiter came and said like, you know, can I take your order? And I switched to Persian and just made my order in Persian. And she looked at me like wide eyed and she's like, what? You speak Persian? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm like, you know, half Iranian, half English. Literally, she didn't say anything else. She just got up and walked away. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Like, that is amazing. Yeah, she didn't even want to waste another second chatting with me. That leads me on to sort of another area somehow related to that with dating apps. So now I may or may not have had experience with dating apps in Iran and as I said earlier, sometimes I'll play to my strengths, or at least I'll play to the prejudice, as in the positive discrimination, whereby I will add, I mean, I don't even need to add it because my name David, I mean, some Iranians might sort of change their name on the apps. For example, on Facebook, if someone's like Ma Ta, they will put their first name as Ma and their surname as Ta. And so they come on yeah. the app, they come on the app as Ma, 
<laughs> like yeah. that. You have to guess the rest of it. So I might add a sort of British thing to that. And I would argue that I get more than my fair share of responses. Now, great for me, right? Yeah, great for you. But it isn't at the same time, because although it seems to attract a lot of attention in mm -hmm. Iran, it really attracts the wrong attention. Because, again, it's that same thing. The conversation starts when they gradually start to realize I live in Iran and I'm half Iranian, they sort of drop off or the conversation will go in a different direction. Yeah. Or if, if I meet them, you know, the same thing might happen again. Or if it continues, it's sort of a little bit, as we say in English, a, rude for me to say, but a bit of a meal ticket, I might say, mm -hmm. as in they sort of see me as like their means to exit this nation because yeah. uh, Iranians want to leave. You did it, Mohammed. You're not here anymore. How dare you? Yeah, yeah. I married you and left the country. Yeah, exactly. That's what happened. Yeah. That's the sort of positive discrimination in my experience of being half Khareji here. So I had the same uh, situation where people listen to me speak and they think, okay, I have an accent, I might be Khareji. Like I had these dating issues with people who thought I have like a second nationality or residence somewhere else and they were really disappointed that I didn't yeah. or I haven't lived for too long or I don't live. Uh, yeah. in a Western country. Anyway, you're always overcharged regardless. Ah, uh, we'll get to that shortly. Yeah. Uh, because we put it out there. We got in contact with people, Kharijis, who mm -hmm. have come to Iran and have uh, experiences of Iran. And we wanted to ask them about uh, how the prejudice was for them. Would they be treated better or worse. Exactly. Why the hell are you coming to Iran? That's what I get all the time. Why are you here? <laughs> I get that all the time. So, should we get on to the voices of the people that we asked? Yes, we asked a person from Brazil because we couldn't find a Uruguay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, this is our Brazilian friend and this is what he has to say. The impression I had when I was in Iran around 2016, 2017, I was there for three months, is that Iranians do really like foreigners. One, because Iranians are very proud of their heritage and they feel like a foreigner visiting their country is a way of saying, hey, I find your country so interesting that I wanted to come here and visit so I think they feel like honor. And especially because I think most Iranians know that it's not necessarily easy to get into Iran when compared to getting into any other country. So in general, I was treated very well when people realized that I was a foreigner. In my case, even though I am Brazilian, everyone thought I was Iranian, probably because of the beard, probably because of my Portuguese heritage. I feel like the peoples from the Mediterranean do share some common traits. People assumed I was Iranian until I opened my mouth and people were like, oh, wait. They thought like, wait, either you're a very slow, <laughs> like not very smart Iranian or you're a foreigner who looks like an Iranian. I didn't feel a big difference. The difference was mostly when they asked me, like, where are you from? And I said I was from Brazil. And then usually the reaction was like, oh, I are the first Brazilian ever I've met in my life. 
And I was happy because it was usually a positive reaction. I was like, oh, Brazil, oh my God, that's so cool. Like, uh, football, football. They would name some players, oh, Neymar, Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, Pele, oh, Samba, Carnival. I was like, yeah, yeah, Samba, Carnival. And then some people also mentioned something else that to this day, I was like, what? <laughs> that is so incredible. Not long after I arrived in Iran, I met an Iranian person and said, oh, you're from Brazil? He's like, oh my God, you have to go to Abadan. And I was like, why? What's there at Abadan? He was like, dude, Abadan are these people who, for different reasons, feel a strong link to Brazil. They have like immense sympathy for your country and they just love it. And I was like, really? But <laughs> why? Like one person explained to me, they said like, I think they've seen a, a lot of stuff on TV and they feel like they're very similar because being from the South by the coast, they are usually darker skinned. Also, they love football and they love percussion. Okay, I guess that makes sense. And I think because they love football and Brazil is the all-time biggest winner of World Cups, football World Cups, they're like, hey, yeah, we're like the Iranian Brazil. I was very tempted to go to Abadan just to, you know, see in person like what it felt like. <laughs> But it's one of the best stories I, I've heard uh, from the time I was in Iran. I don't have one really good story about getting away with something because I was a Haraji, but I did get out of a few, like, maybe tricky situations. Just entered a place I wasn't supposed to, or, like, basically any mistake. I could always, like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm a foreigner. When people would try to sell me something, like, let's say when I was in a market or something, and I could just, like, oh, I don't... Sorry, I can't understand what you're saying. So that's interesting. Thank you, Mr. Nameless Brazilian guy for that. He's got a really cute accent. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anonymous accent. And a, a smooth voice as well. So it's interesting. So our Brazilian uh, nameless friend says mm. that Iranians kind of feel honored that somebody would come and visit our nation. I guess that's kind of the case, no? Uh, would you, would you uh, agree? Well, there are several exceptions to that rule but yeah okay people like people who come and visit iran mainly i think because not many people come to visit iran and he made an interesting point actually about the <laughs> iranians do this thing so when i meet them and i i, I said it earlier about the david beckham and whatnot but if you meet an iranian and you mention about the nation that you're from they'll start listing things that that nation is famous for so uh, obviously brazilian he's getting like all those football players yeah. uh, said yeah, similar David Beckham yeah. again he's getting like Pele Ronaldo mm -hmm. yeah but uh, yeah he mentioned also about getting out of uh, tricky situations and I myself have had that where uh, the police have kind of stopped me in Van Ack and I was with a girl walking through Van Ack and the police said to me to tell the girl to correct her headscarf mm. and I said to them, I'm sorry I, I I didn't understand what you said I said that in English and then they're like eh Khorijia and they're like oh he's, he's like foreign and then they were like and they were like uh, 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 you know pointing and saying like and and indicating that she should put the headscarf on so I played it out I carried on and I'm like sorry I don't understand you what what do you mean Are, do you need directions for something 
And they were like, hey, Bobochi Begim. And they were like, what, you know, what are we going to say to this guy? And they kept repeating and I kept pretending to not know what they were talking about. And they were like, okay, okay, Boro, Boro, like this. And I'm like, sorry, what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was like, what exactly, what exactly do you want? And they were like, go. Boro. And I was like, no, That's how can it. I help you? And they just pushed me away. And I felt that that was an achievement on my part. Well, good call. We usually get yeah. arrested. Yeah. So anything you want to say on the Brazilian nameless dude, or should we move on to the next person? Uh, no, let's move on. Okay. So we've got Chris. Hey, friend of the show. Chris, thank you once again. Let's listen to this episode of Chris on Ask Any Iranian. As I came to know Tehran and I explored its streets, I basically covered the whole area apart from South Tehran. I came to appreciate the warmth and hospitality of the Iranians. Somehow I never felt as if I was a foreigner. I always felt as if I was a guest in the country. And even in the shops near the place that I lived, I never felt that I was being treated differently because I was obviously a foreigner. Of course, I was gouged but um, on prices, but You get gouged on prices everywhere. Um, I think the only countries where that's an exception are probably Japan and Korea. Everywhere else, if you're a tourist, expect to be gouged. It's just part of the part of the way life is. So I'm not really sure if I have very much on the on your Harish itself. I must say, as a foreigner in Iran, I never felt anything like the discrimination I felt in many other parts of the world. Okay, best I can do. Chris, thank you once again. So price gouging. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, that's not necessarily being foreign. You, you get gouged in Iran at every... Uh, well, at least at, yeah, for any reason. If they think you have been to Kharaj, as in you have traveled outside of Iran, they think, okay, so you must be rich, so let's gouge money out of you. If they see yeah. that you're wearing like nice shoes, they'll gouge money out of you because you must be rich. If they, uh, yeah. if they see you talk to someone in another language, they gouge money out of you because they think yeah. you're rich. People gouge money out of you regardless as well. Actually, I used to get it quite a lot. I guess these days I'm better prepared to defend myself and I'm more familiar with uh, prices and whatnot. And and for any Kharijis looking to come to Iran, do a little homework. <laughs> I mean, certainly in the case of like taxis, uh, although these days it doesn't apply so much. Check out our episode on uh, taxis in Iran with Shanae. Mm -hmm. Generally, across all our episodes, I think we have given advice as to like how much <laughs> things might cost and to be a bit careful about that. But generally, if anyone's offering you a price and it's not sort of on a menu or written down somewhere, you know, come back at them. <laughs> you might get, you know, they're probably making something up. Yeah. And it's not something that is unique to Iran, obviously. Yes. Uh, Mohammed, we have another voice here because I was kind of interested as to how our neighbors are sort of perceived by Iranians. So we got the uh, voice of an Arab girl. Yes, we got a message from Noor. Yes, thank you, Noor. So Noor has this to say. The Iranian people absolutely love foreigners and they are so warm people so welcoming people and they love me too and they welcome me a lot and i have so many iranian friends that they are part of of my life and of my family now but uh, iranian people absolutely are affected by media like any other country in the world. So they prefer the kind of Haridi or foreigners to be European and American. 
uh, with me, they loved me, but in the end, they were telling me, oh, like, you are amazing, you're so cute, you are so nice person, we love you, but you don't look like Arab. So I used to hear this statement a lot. They have this feeling against Arab, and I don't blame them at all. I'm saying that as an experience, maybe because of the history, because of the media. To be honest, I haven't talked about this subject before at all. But now when you ask me, I was thinking about it a lot. And yes, and I always, I don't know what to say or what to answer when someone say a lot of nice things and in the end they say, Oh, but you don't look like Arab. So I don't know if this is a compliment of, or if this is maybe insulting. I don't know. Uh, I was absolutely okay. I was still nice when they were telling me something like that. Whatever about Islam or uh, all these things are not related to me. But I was hearing that sometimes, sometimes. Most people love me and they are friends to me, but sometimes they were saying, oh, you don't look like Arab, so. So thank you very much for that, Noor. That was interesting. Yeah, she kind of agrees. So we love foreigners. and uh, But she didn't she's... sound like an Arab. Oh, oddly enough, she didn't sound like an Arab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, we haven't seen her, so we don't know whether she looks like an Arab or not, maybe. So is that a good or a bad thing that's being said? Like, you know, kind of like... You're not like those people. You're not like yeah. the other people. But Mohammed, would you would you say it's fair that Iranians are not hugely fond of Arabs outside of Iran? Or probably inside? There are a lot of Iranians who are not fond of Arabs, yes. Yeah, the way I've heard that and understood that is that it's, it's the kind of like, oh, changing our culture, the invasion. I mean, is that a fair thing? Yeah, Do you yeah. Hear that? actually, you see, you go around the country and talk to anyone and the problems we have as a nation or they have as individuals or peoples are blamed on either the Islamic Republic or America because of the Arab invasion of Persia 1,400 years ago. When it comes to Arabs, a lot of people who think Islam is the problem with Iran, they have Arabs to blame for. Yeah, that's kind of what I've heard. So, Mohammed, we spoke about our neighbours, and that brings us on to the topic of the largest minority, maybe, or maybe not, in Iran, is whom? Afghans. Ah, yes. Or Afghanistanis. So if you would think Arabs get it bad here, you got to listen to what the Afghans have to say about their lives yes. in Iran. Yes. Well, Mohammed, we, we're going to get that because we did actually interview an Afghanistani woman, and we'll get to that shortly. But before we go on to this, it might be best to sort of begin this section by sort of giving it a digested view of <laughs> exactly what we mean here. Because for the Americans, the Americans have the Mexicans and the Afghanistani people are kind of a bit like that for the Iranians. Or maybe, as I would say in the UK, the Polish coming in. So these sort of fulfill a low-skilled labor roles and they're not really legally meant to be there, but they kind of unofficially present in the nation. Not quite legally. Abused 
kind of, because, yes. you know, nations kind of like the fact to, to have a downward pressure on wages. So it's kind of tolerated and not tolerated. It's a very complicated matter, and we should probably avoid some of the political details about it. But um, we can hear it straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak, because we have a lady, an Afghanistani lady, Zahra, who was interviewed by a good friend of the show, Talia, and uh, we're going to summarize it because the whole interview was in Persian. And Mohammed, we're going to put that somewhere. How are we going to work that? So if anyone wants to listen to the whole thing. Uh, well, at the time of recording this episode, David and I decided that we're going to have that interview cleaned up and we're going to put it on our website and probably YouTube. When is that going to be up? I'm not sure, but we're going to let you know through our various social media. So check out www.askaniranian.com. Look for the related post. Probably follow the tags Afghanistan. So when it comes to Afghans or Afghanistanis, uh, which I still don't know what the problem is there, because we had a conversation with Tehran, the comedian, American comedian. Yeah, he said, like, you cannot use Afghan. You got to say, like, uh, you got to say Afghanistani. He said, Afghani is their money. And uh, well, yes, Afghani is the money. My problem is that Afghan in English is referred to someone or something from Afghanistan. Yeah. And Afghani in English is the money. But we're speaking Persian. So in Persian, Afghani or Afghan is someone or something from Afghanistan. And also Afghani is the money. So we use the same word for both of them. And also Afghanistani could be a person who is naturalized in Afghanistan, but is not an Afghan. Like imagine a person from Malaysia goes to Afghanistan, lives in Kabul and gets his uh, or her citizenship from the government of Afghanistan. Now that person is Afghanistani, but not an Afghan. That is how it goes in my head. Yeah, in my head, it seems a bit counterintuitive to say it the way that is supposedly not a racial slur. But anyway, it is not a racial (laughs) slur anyway. But Mohammed, I hear, I've seen on the streets problems between Iranian nationals and Afghanistani people where I've heard them arguing and, or at least throwing insults to one another. And mm. the Iranians will say like, Afghani. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's a bit weird because I watch that and I think like, why are you just describing the person you're seeing? But supposedly that's a racial slur or seemingly by the way that that's being used as a racial slur. So that probably gives some credibility to that term. But anyway, Zahra, let's talk about her. That was really fascinating, the interview with her. And of course, thank you both to Zahra and Talia. Let us give a little bit of a summary here, because obviously we're not including all of that in this episode. Generally, throughout the interview, there is a repetition where Zahra talks about how the Afghanistani people are looked down upon or considered lesser people. Now, certain terms that she used, uh, that she said that she's heard from Iranians are, we'll make you walk back to Afghanistan, or you came here to be human, was another term that she said. Yeah. Yeah. So she also goes on to say that she's had comments like, well, you're only good for cleaning, or, you know, you eat rubbish, or, you know, Mm. what are you going to steal? Or you're stealing stuff. 
So they get a lot of grief. And she says in the interview that she's had to become very thick-skinned for this sort of stuff. So it's interesting because Zahra, she's 22. She was born in Iran to Afghanistani parents. And she was educated here. So she actually went to university. But there was a slight switch around because uh, apparently there was a time where that was the case and now it's not the case. So she has a brother and sister who have not been able to be educated here because of changes within the law, as she says. I'm not too sure whether that's specifically the case. Younger or older? Younger. So she benefited from something that later was changed back, so it seems. It's interesting. She says that she lives in Damavand, so that's kind of a neighboring area to Tehran, kind of Tehran, would you say, Mohammed? That would be on the edge of the greater Tehran area, I guess. Yeah. So she says that although for some reason she's unable to travel to other regions of Iran without getting permission, which is peculiar. Yeah. She says that as she goes beyond Tehran to other places or provinces, smaller provinces, the racial tension increases. And she says that it also increases with sort of, I don't know how to describe it, like socioeconomic, like class structure. So getting to working class, as some people might say, uh, she experiences more of a problem, which is probably not that odd because, as I said earlier about the sort of Mexican or Polish equivalent as far as low-skilled labor, then uh, I guess the Afghanistani people would be considered a sort of threat to the livelihoods of certain section of society. You, no doubt, have seen this. More often than not, the people that have become the porters or the janitors for the buildings that I've lived in, these are Afghanistani people. Yeah. And that's quite common in Tehran. Mm -hmm. And in nearly all cases, these have been the most amazing, hardworking people I've ever seen, all bar one, one complete arsehole who was just a complete pain in the ass. I'm not going to go into the stories there, but otherwise... Thank God you're not going to go through. Yeah, well, my every other experience is uh, is is just the absolutely lovely people. And that's probably... It might be the case, Mohammed. You tell me if this is maybe the case, but they're probably living in fear <laughs> in a lot of cases. And they're not willing to even speak out against anything, really, because they live in a really precarious situation in Iran. Well, that is very true. Afghans here, they work low-level jobs, specifically illegal ones, have absolutely no rights. So they live in fear. Yes, of course, because you go to a construction site, uh, you see a lot of Afghans are working there. Someday, a couple of police patrol cars can just round them up, arrest all of them, deport yeah. them yeah, just because they don't like them. Yeah, And that happens every day. I have witnessed it and I had to deal with it at some points because I have Afghan friends here who are threatened every day by being deported. As I said, they have absolutely no rights. I'll give you an example. This Afghan kid who was collecting garbage was assaulted by an Afghan man who actually wanted him out of his turf of garbage collection. The Afghan man broke a bottle and uh, cut the boy's face with a broken glass. We didn't call the police because the first thing they would do was to arrest this young boy, a minor. They would do God knows what to him before they deport him. But we wanted to take him to the hospital. He wouldn't want to go. He was afraid. He was scared shitless, I'm telling you. He didn't want to go to the hospital because he thought the police would be involved. 
I don't want to yeah. get into uh, all the stuff they have to go through. If you were born in Iran, but your parents are Afghans, you might not ever become an Iranian. Yeah. You get some sort of like permanent residence. Yeah. But you're not even a second class citizen. Yeah. You're not allowed to have a bank account. If you have a bank account, you're not allowed to have a bank card. You're not allowed to have SIM cards. You're not allowed to travel in a lot of cases. It's really, really weird. And Mohammed, for the most part, not allowed to work. Yes. This is not exclusively true about the Afghans. I know a person who is an Arab who lives in Iran, has lived in Iran for a very long time, married an Iranian, and they have a child, and their child is not an Iranian. Uh -huh. She doesn't have a nationality, although one of the parents is Iranian. Interesting. Going back to something that Zahra mentioned and a question I have of you. So working in Iran, for the most part, Afghanistani people can't work in Iran, although they do. But Zahra mentions that she has a cousin that is able to work in a private hospital as a health worker, but doesn't have insurance and has a very low wage. Maybe there's some sort of deal going on that shouldn't be going on there, but for the most part, it's like they are not able to work in the nation. You can, as an Afghan, get a work permit here, a residence permit here, but you have to spend a lot of money. And because of the real value at this point, nobody wants to spend yeah. all that money because they would have to spend many months of their income to get permits, whether yeah. it's residence permits or work permits. And their employer regardless of how much they paid and what their rights are, the employer can invalidate it at yeah. any time they want. And also yeah. the government as well. I mean, the police or the government can just take it away from you immediately. Mohammed, this, this subject is hugely complex and we brought it into this episode because it's about being Khariji. So just to put the question to you, Mohammed, just to kind of summarize this uh, section. So Afghanistani people, are they Khariji? In my head or... On paper or in Both, our all of the conscience? Above. Okay. Well, of course, in my head, there are Khariji because technically they are uh, not Iranian citizens. Therefore, they are Khariji. Yes. In common culture, they're Afghani. Yeah. So and we've, as we've you said before, of course, Iranians are not really necessarily nice to Afghanis. So we've included this because it's the discrimination in the common or at least commonly understood sense of the term, because more often than not, when we say foreign in Iran, it relates to a sort of positive discriminatory look at things. But there's the case where it's the complete opposite. And that, unfortunately, is what the Afghanistani people are experiencing. They're experiencing it the harshest because Pakistanis have the same issues here, like Bangladeshis. If they're not rich, if they're poor immigrants, they're labor immigrants, they're not respected very much as well. Yes. So... If you want to listen to the interview, then once again, go to www.askaniranian.com and find it there on the related post. Once again, thank you for Talia for doing that. Talia added her surprise about the experience of interviewing Zahra. So thank you, Talia. I'm surprised that you're surprised. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Mohammed, quick summary. Uh, Khadiji, for the most part, for Iranians is 
something related to a certain few nations, possibly first world nations. It's mm -hmm. kind of positive discrimination. Mm -hmm. If you're not saying Khariji, you're probably just naming the specific country or the description of the person from that country. But Muhammad, we're interested to know what the audience think, or at least if they want to share their experiences, how are they going to do that? Well, you can go on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and find Ask an Iranian. Yes. So have your say. Add your thoughts there. It'd be interesting to see if you completely disagree with us. Bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah. Also, remind us what we have forgotten. Maybe we can include it later on in one of the episodes. Uh, Mohammed, we out? We out. Okay, thank you for joining us. Khada Hafez. Khada Hafez. Mahfash Paris.